I am Tova Cito. I believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And I believe it's our job to get us there. Every week, I will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The Remedy. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. Um, welcome to the very next episode of The Remedy with Tovacito. We are so happy that you are with us today. I especially want to thank Jamie Crosby, precious, beautiful Jamie Crosby, for sponsoring this episode of The Remedy. Jamie, I can't tell you how much we appreciate your contribution, your incredibly generous contribution to... Um, to the remedy you you're always so encouraging and i just so love and appreciate that you listen um if you are interested in being a sponsor of the remedy it's super easy all you have to do is go to tovacito.com and click on the remedy and then click on make a contribution and uh every episode costs roughly two hundred dollars and uh but you don't have to you don't have to contribute $200. You can contribute whatever you want. Uh, sometimes people give more and sometimes people give less. Um, but every little bit helps and um, we just really, really appreciate it. Um, and Kevin, Kevin lives to see another day. <laughs> yeah. The lights stay on. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Jamie, so much. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie, very much. Okay, so we're... Um, we're a little bit late with this one. I wanted to do this one um, last week, but uh, I, I've had the craziest week, Kevin. I was in, I was speaking at an event. I spoke at, at a, a fundraiser for a um, a disability. I don't know what else to call it. Uh, called uh, Turner Syndrome. Have you ever heard of Turner Syndrome? I am not familiar with that. So there's this beautiful ministry called Leaping Butterfly Ministry. Uh, you can Google it to, f- to find out why they call it that. But it was a big, beautiful, such a first-class fundraiser for to raise money and awareness for uh, Turner Syndrome. It's a disease that only affects females, and uh, it affects everybody differently to varying degrees, but... Um, it was a beautiful event. So anyway. Hopefully got, we're raising some awareness right now. Yeah. So uh, that was an awesome event that I got to be a part of. And then and then I went on vacay. I went to Blackberry Farms. Have Where's you ever that? heard of that? It sounds really familiar. I feel like it's I've definitely Knoxville, heard of it. in Knoxville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I went to celebrate my dear friend Amanda Newhouse's 50th birthday. Is that, did you did you drive or fly there? We flew. Okay. I would never drive to But you, you drove to Santa Fe not that long ago. Yeah. That's true. I do love road trips, but this was a quick, yeah, fast, fast, fast trip. So, um, went to Knoxville and had a great time there. And then I flew back, and then I went back to Houston to speak for Shrove Tuesday at a huge uh, women's event in Houston. So, do you know what Shrove Tuesday is? I don't. Shrove Tuesday is the Christian name for like Fat Tuesday. Gotcha. It's the Tuesday before the Wednesday. I don't know anything Ash today. Wednesday. Like, I don't know Turner. <laughs> I don't know Blackberry Farms. I don't know Shrove. <laughs> so Shrove is comes is is comes from the word 
uh, Shrive or Shriven. Um, and it's, it's like an old, kind of an old school Catholic term that uh, means like penance, like repentance. Mm-hmm. It's like the act of going to confession. Yep. And so Which I've done many times. <laughs> you need it. <laughs> <laughs> Not in a very long time. Yeah. I'm long overdue, let's just say. Um, so, so Fat Tuesday is often, you know, this Tuesday where everybody kind of goes crazy because um, Ash Wednesday it's the beginning is of the Lent. beginning of Lent, yep. the 40 days, not including Sundays, before Easter, where people usually typically sacrifice something or give something up. Um, Plus no meat on Fridays. Yes, exactly. Um, and so traditionally, like now people kind of blow and go on Fat Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But in in the old school... Christian Catholic way, it was this day of like this recognition of your sin. And so uh, people would often go to the church on Tuesday to confess their sins before Ash Wednesday, before receiving the sign of the cross right. on their head. So anyway, it's really cool. In Houston, all these churches come together. Um, these churches, Christian churches come together to celebrate Shrove Tuesday, um, with with kind of a feast, and um, they asked me to come be their speaker, and it was it sounds was fun, an awesome event. Yeah. It was really really fun. So um, I was at Saint John of the Divine Episcopal Church. They were the, kind of the host of other churches that came to celebrate Shrove Tuesday. Um, so anyway, all to say, it was a busy week. Yeah. My week was like the exact opposite. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't get it together to get here. I barely got it together to get here today. (laughs) We just ran out of ones in the can. Yeah, usually it's no big deal. But yeah, usually we have a few in the hopper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we didn't have any in the hopper. Nope, the hopper was clear. (laughs) So, um, so today uh, I'm talking about Lent. Uh, I thought it might be good to, since we're entering the Easter season, Mm -hmm. to talk about. Lent. So you want to know what's funny? Growing up Mormon, we didn't talk about Lent. I don't know why. Oh boy, we, we s- did. <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in the Catholic background. Uh, like, no, and, and my, the only person that I knew that was Catholic when I was growing up was my best friend, but she didn't even talk about Lent. So I didn't really hear a lot about Lent growing up. Um, so Lent has been kind of uh, this like season of preparation has been kind of new for me since like my 20s to, I mean, now I'm 48. So uh, I've known about it for a while, but uh, but I've had to kind of play with it to see like, okay, do I give something up? Do I not give something? Like, what does it mean to me? Mm-hmm. You know, wh- like how, because there's so many, so many different versions of Worship, celebration, uh, uh, traditions, you know, when it comes to Lent. Oh, yeah. Um, so. Just, yeah, leading up to Easter in general, there's a whole lot Yeah, that there, happens. There's a whole lot that happens. Okay, so I don't know if you know this, Kev, but the word Lent, the word Lent is an old English word. An old English word meaning spring. And. As you already know, it's the period of 
of like penance and abstinence observed by Christians. So it's 40 days, not including the Sundays. Right. So do you do you give something up for Lent? I, I haven't in years, no. Yeah, I haven't either. My Lent, parents both do. They still do. Mm-hmm. My dad gives up alcohol every year. Really? Mm-hmm. A lot of people give up alcohol or sugar. Sweets, yeah. yeah. Things, and a lot of people now are giving up things like social media or, yeah. you know, like abstaining. So, so I have given things up for Lent, but you know, you know what? And then I just stopped because it wasn't, I thought, okay, if I'm going to give something up, if I'm going to do something, I want that thing to bring me closer to Jesus. And like abstaining from like alcohol, I love to, to drink, but drinking, like it doesn't come between me and my relationship with God. Right. Like sugar doesn't come between me and my relationship with God. So if I were to give something up, I think I would try to give something up that kind of takes away from my relationship with Jesus. Or Yeah, what's an example of that? Mm, gossip. Mm, okay. That makes perfect sense. Gossip. Like things that don't right. that don't glorify the God in me, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, and uh, you know, I, I'm not. I don't. I'd like to think I'm not a huge gossiper, but I mean, everybody does I can to some still extent. Do it, yeah, yeah. And so, like, if I was to give something up, like that would be that. I would want it to like make me a better person, or I would want to like add something. So, like, I'm going to tell people what they mean to me, or I'm going to. Uh, Keep a gratitude journal or, you know, something that would add to my life. Or I'm yeah. going to, if I didn't do my devotional in the morning, like every day during Lent, I am going to read the Bible or whatever it is, you know. Something th- that encourages growth yes. in one way or another. Yes, exactly. I think if I was going to do something, that's what it would be. Um, do you remember what you would give up when you were, back when you used to? I'm uh, trying to remember what I, I think, like I think soda I, I did once or... I think I have given up alcohol, and I think that I have given up, um, I mean, sugar's not, I don't know. I never have a problem just, there. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I, I just don't have, I just haven't really ever practiced. I think I, maybe I tried alcohol or like, but then I would be like out and I'd be like, who cares? And that's my biggest vice. You know? And I'm like, yeah, I just, yeah, I don't want to <laughs> stop doing that. for. <laughs> no. Well, it's not changing the needle on me. You know what right. I mean? Like if I lost my temper, maybe mm-hmm. that, you know, give that, you know. Maybe if it, like, yeah. But if it like really bothered my wife or she says, I think you're drinking too much or something like that. And it was interfering with my home life. Then I'd be like, okay, maybe yes. I'll try this up yes. and try it. But I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't have anything like that, like sweets or fast food or I don't know, anything that really. So the whole point, the whole point of giving something up or sacrificing something is is this idea that because it's such a sacrifice, like say I had a bowl of ice cream every night, you know, that somehow this act of sacrifice allows me to remember the sacrifice that Jesus offered me. And I mean, you know that I know that, but I also have thought, I've also thought Kev like, okay, 
me not drinking alcohol and then what Jesus did on the cross, like <laughs> I know it's it, yeah, <laughs> like not much comparison there. It's uh, like, are we really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, I mean, it's a it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful concept idea. It is. Yeah, yeah, like. This idea that okay, I'm going to sacrifice something because of what Jesus sacrificed for me, but it pales in comparison. It just seems so silly yeah. I, to me. To me, I know for a lot of people it's meaningful. So I'm not trying to say that you shouldn't do it or that what you're doing is silly if you've yes. given up alcohol or sugar or whatever. But a mortal sacrifice is a little different than giving up a few beers every night. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I did write down. Um, I did. I, I thought it. You know, Lent, even if you don't give anything up or even if you do, like I think Lent is so much bigger than that. And I think it's kind of like Christmas. You know, we did we did uh, a a uh, podcast on things to be thinking about during mm-hmm. the holidays. What's important at the yeah, holidays. Yeah. And so I thought um, we could talk about that as it pertains to Easter. So to me, Easter is is what Christianity is all about. It's the big deal. It yeah. is. It is. The, I mean, yes, Jesus had to be born, and Christmas is a big deal. But if Jesus hadn't died and been resurrected, there would be no story. Right. Like, the fact that Jesus rose is the story. That's mm-hmm. there's. That's there's, the climax. That's the big deal. Yeah. It is, because there are people who have spoken prophecy. There are people who have... Who've, been great teachers. There are people who have seen visions. There are people who um, who are great preachers and have given great sermons. There's even people who've who've witnessed miracles, you know, or seen miracles through the prayers or whatever. And so I'm not discounting what Christ did because what he did and what he preached and what he said was infinitely bigger and greater and more important than anybody else who's ever lived. But the thing that sets him truly apart is the fact that he rose again. Yeah. Like he died and came back. If you're a follower of Jesus, everything leads up to that point. Yes. Yes. The resurrection is the yeah. story. So it is a it is a time to it's an opportunity to reflect. It's an opportunity to uh remember. It's an opportunity to consider uh, things in your own spiritual life, your own spiritual path that maybe you want to grow or change or be different. You know, you know what's so funny is uh, when I was making this, when I was uh, thinking through this, I thought, I thought how often people, me included, think one day, I'll do that one day. Mm-hmm. I'll change that mm-hmm. one oh, day. Yeah. I'll, I'll fix that when tomorrow I'll change that when um and you know we do this on in so many parts of our life whether it's giving up a bad habit or starting so many. a diet or but i mean th- there are so many things that we know we should change or we should do and we just keep putting it off and i think that lent is kind of a good time to stop making excuses for some of those things that can help improve your life, help you be a better person. Um, so 
things to consider for Lent. The one thing that I did write is a bad habit. Um, yeah, we all, we all have habits. We all have good habits. We all have bad habits. And like you alluded to, like if, if you have a bad habit that is affecting your life, um, like, okay, a lot of people drink, but if that drinking is affecting your relationship with your wife or your relationship with your children or your relationship with yourself, then you might want to think about that. That's as when I've been sitting here, that's exactly what I'm trying to think of. I'm like, what's something I could give up that would make a change in my life, you know, at home or whatever, just make it better. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of, when, you know, when you're married, it, it's kind of along the same lines. Like what would you do to, to contribute to your wife is the same as what could you do to contribute to your faith, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just, I'm not coming up with anything. I'm like, I, I got it. Sometimes I forget to make the bed in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the but only thing clean. that you can yeah. come up with. That's no, I know really... there's more. I'm just trying. <laughs> there's got to be something in there. Uh, well, there's, there's something in there for all of us. So, um, I'll think about. I'll think of it before the end of the show. You want to know what's funny is is a lot of times we look to the obvious things like smoking or drinking mm-hmm. or sugar, but I think that there's like less obvious things that actually make a difference in who we are, like putting your phone down, mm-hmm. being present, being with the person or the people that you're with. Um, social media, like what a distraction and what a what a you know I. You want to know what's funny, Kev, um, and I, it would be interesting to get your perspective on this. I mean, you're a little bit older, but I um, I teach a Bible study on Tuesdays, and these girls are late 20s, early 30s, and social media really affects them. Like it really affects them. It affects how they feel about themselves. It affects their mood. Um, they often play the comparison game. You know, it, it affects them, and... I look at social media and I do think it's generational. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I look at social media and I'm like, oh, that's cool. Oh, Mm -hmm. and I may look at it once today and then I may not look at it for five days. Right. Or I may look at it again tomorrow. Like I am not in any way, shape or form beholden or nor does social media move my needle one direction or the other about how I feel about Tofacito. But same here. But I do think that that is a very real thing for a lot of people, like whether it's trips or how people look, or um, you know what their children are accomplishing. Uh, you know that there's a huge comparison game um, that affects people mm-hmm. and affects how they feel about themselves, and so th- those are like little things like I mean you and I've talked about that like putting your phone down being present looking at somebody in the eye when you're talking to them and they're talking to you I mean earlier today I was talking to someone and their phone kept buzzing and so this person was like half talking to me half looking at their phone half talking to me half now their phone's ringing and and finally he just put his phone down and was like sorry sorry I know I'm, I haven't been here. And yeah, it, it happens to the best of us, but like, that's a problem. Yeah, that's one thing I wish I would want my wife to give up for Lent. She's really good about it when we go out and we have dinner. She's never on her phone, but 
whenever we can't watch a full movie or TV show without her checking her phone several times. And I'm like, that drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. I take my watch off. I put my phone on silent. If I'm watching something, I'm, I'm present in that moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's really hard. You can't follow everything along as well when you're checking your phone. You're not. Right? You know, you you're can't. just not there. Yeah. And you that can't. drives me nuts. Last weekend when I was at Blackberry, um, I mean, I, I left my phone in the room at the hotel for hours. And do you know how happy that made me? <laughs> that was great. Like hours. See, that would still make me anxious, I have to admit. No. No. It's, you know what I think it is, Kev? I think it's a practice. I think that, I, I do think that it's, and, and I acknowledge that it's very hard for some people, and I'm not discounting that or making trying to make anybody feel bad about that. But I promise you, if, if whoever is listening who struggles with that, like, just leave it for 30 minutes. And then leave it for an hour. And, you know, it it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like. Well, that's why I love cruises because it's forced. So yes. for like at least seven days, nobody, you know, I know that I'm unreachable. Unless you're one of those people who wants to go and buy like the data Wi-Fi package or no. whatever and all that. I'm like, no, I'm no. just going to, I'm going to have it off the you're entire time. You're with the time. people you love. And that's and, great because it's forced. But like intentionally leaving it at home for a day or something, that would be tough. Yeah. And P.S. I lived 27 years without anybody being able to find me or reach me or text <laughs> yeah. me or th- maybe 35. I don't think I texted for the first time until I was like 35. You know, I don't think I did. Until I made I was it. 18. Yeah, I made it. Yeah. Everybody is fine. And you know what? Like, I remember I remember uh, years ago um, we were on uh, when I was married, we were on a we were on a ski trip and we had left our kids in the hotel with a babysitter. We went out to dinner and uh, neither one of us brought a phone and George got sick and they had to call the restaurant. <laughs> like they had to call the restaurant. Like they had to actually come and say, we have a phone call for yes, a Tocito. Yes, They're like, is this a Tocito? <laughs> but you know what? Like, if it's important all to say, they'll find you. Yeah, if it's that important. They will find well, you. That's one of the things when we're watching a movie or something and my wife keeps checking her phone. She's like, it's your family thread or whatever. I'm like, they're who I want to ignore the most right now. <laughs> if it's an emergency, they'll get a hold of us. I yes, promise. Like, <laughs> yes. And you know what? It's just not that important. It's more important to be with the people that you're with. Yeah. It just is like the the feeling that you get when somebody's really present with you. There's nothing like it. And that that leads leads me to I know what I would give up. What I need to do. What I'm I'm not in a good mood when I come home at the end of the day. And my really? wife always is. She's like so happy. Wants to talk about her day, and I can be a dick. I'm like not that I'm like mean or anything, but I come home and I just want to like retreat for a little while into my little studio, and then I'm in a better mood in like a half hour to an hour, but it's like I need that time to decompress. But that's something I would like to do is for, you know, 40 days or whatever, not have to do that and just come home and be nice right as I walk in the door and converse and ask about her day and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? I think it's okay that you need that. Really? She doesn't get that either. Like when I come home late from work, and I'll stay up for a while. And she's like, why don't you just go straight to bed? And I'm like, I down. can't. I have to unwind. And yeah. she's like, what does that mean? I'm like, I don't know. If you don't understand it, I can't explain I it. Totally but get it. I can't just walk in the door and like immediately go to sleep. Yeah. I have to unwind as well. I have to. Even if it means I'm going to, you know, I'll mm-hmm. be up. I won't get home till midnight. But it's like, I'm going to unwind till 1.30 yes. or whatever. I totally get that. You know what? There, I was, I do premarital counseling to 
people that I officiate weddings and even people that I don't, but, um, I've been counseling this couple and one of the things that came up, uh, so one of the weeks I talk about, uh, it will be hard to be married to me because, and it will be hard to be married to you. That's because, interesting. Yes, it is very interesting. But one of the things that the guy said was, it's going to be hard to be married to you because uh, you never need alone time, and I do. And and whenever he wants alone time, she gets her feelings hurt. So if she wants to have dinner that night and he's thinking in his mind, God, I'm tired, like I've had a long day, I would really just like to stay home and mm-hmm. and do nothing. And do nothing. He's too scared to say that because he doesn't want to hurt her feelings. Yes. Yeah. But he really wants to stay home mm-hmm. and re-energize. And some people really, really get energized by other people. And some people, their personality is they energized by being alone. And it's not personal. Like it's just is what it is. And so, like, I was like, okay. So we talked about it. And so I said, just try it. Let's just try one week where, like, if you don't want to, if you don't want to go out, just say it. Just say, you know how much I love you, and but I've had a heck of a day, and I really just want to go home. Or I just really want to be here and order a pizza and veg on the couch. Mm-hmm. And so the next week I met with them and they did it and they were both like, it was okay. It like, was fine. Yeah. Yes. But it's just, it's just different people needing different things. It's not personal. No. You, you don't want to not talk to Elise because you don't like her. Right. You just exactly. need a minute. Mm-hmm. And sometimes she forgets that I lived alone for eight years of my adult life. You know, that's something that I was very used to. That's how it's very effective and sharp is because... Sometimes that I just need to get in my own little zone, you know? Yeah. And I work from home a lot, but she, you know, doesn't get to. And if I'm frustrated when she comes home at, from, you know, at three o'clock and she's like, oh, you haven't gone anywhere today? And I'm like, I've been working all day and I'm still working and I don't want to stop to talk right now, you know? Yeah. And that's a little bit frustrating. But yeah, it's not that I don't want to talk to her it's anything like that. It's just, I got to do this. And, and also that works the other way too, though. If you're somebody who does that a lot and says, I don't want to go out, I just want to stay at home, and you do that a lot, and sure. maybe she says, I really want to go out, and even if you don't feel like it, you do anyway sometimes, like you end up it having is. a really great time. Well, it's a balance. It's a balance, exactly. It is a balance. And, and so that's it's what, easy for either person to lose their balance yes. with the other. And that's what relation. That's why relationships are good for us, yeah. right? They challenge our balance. They really do. And our, our balance should be challenged. Like, yeah. I think we're better. I think we are better when we're challenged. You know, like I 100% agree. Yes, yes. I start to feel flat when I'm not. Yes, yeah. The, I, I like the chaos. <laughs> yes. Well, chances are we choose people that challenge us at our core, and so we can either become frustrated and angry and hurt about those things, or we can use them as opportunities to change. Work it out. Play on. Yep. Each other. Yep. Become a better version. Of ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. I totally believe it. Um, okay. So uh, I did a, I, do, I was on a show last night. Uh, it was called M2 The Rock. Yeah. I know that show. Oh, you do? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was on, I was 
uh, a guest on that show last night. That show's been at a bunch of my old stomping grounds. I know he was at 1190 and then at Real News, and those are both places I used to work. Never met the guy myself, though. Yeah, now he's like iHeart, and anyway, he does, it's his stuff is all over. Yeah. But um, he said this great thing about how secrets, secrets keep us um, in prison. And I was like, it's really true. Like, if we have secrets or things that we're afraid that somebody might find out or Mm -hmm. might know about us, like if they knew this about me, they probably wouldn't like me or they probably wouldn't approve. Um, I think, I think that Lent is a really good time for us to think about those things. That's an area I'm good. I have no secrets. I don't have any secrets either. Even when I think of something that's like, oh God, I'm ashamed of that. I would never want to tell Lisa about it. I end up doing it just because I don't want to worry. I don't want to even have that in the back of my mind as some form of guilt or confusion. You know what I mean? So I was just blurred everything out. Yeah. So she knows way more than she wants to, I'm sure, about me. (laughs) Yeah, But that's, I. you know what? I'd rather know way more than ever be surprised. And not that I think that you have to reveal everything from your past or, you know, yeah, but, which I end up doing. And it's like, I'm not proud of that stuff, but I don't want to have, you know, I don't want anything to like fester or get pushed down. Yeah. Well, I think secrets cause problems. Absolutely. And, um, and I think if you have secrets, it's even, even if you think it's not causing a problem, it's causing a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, and so I think we, Lent is a great time to fix your secrets, to, to stop having them. You know, I'm not saying you need to go confess your secrets to the world. I'm just saying stop your secrets. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you don't have to continue down that path or that road. You know, now that you say that, Kev, I don't I don't have any secrets either and it's not that I think I'm perfect, but like it doesn't it feel good? Like it feels good to not have yes, secrets. Because everybody has ups and downs. Like, even with my mom, we'll meet and go to lunch. She's like, how is everything? I'm like, well, I don't know. I've been depressed the last few weeks and been drinking too much. And, you know, it's like, it felt good just to say that out loud, honestly. Yeah. Because I know it's just, it's ebbs and flows. Sometimes things are like that, and it just goes up and down. But we all have this tendency to put on a front to where everyone around us thinks everything's great, you know? Sure, sure. But with the people that you're closest with that you love, you you don't want to do that. Yeah. Because that's just going to make everything worse. It's true. And we should be able, we should be with people that we can tell our secrets to. Mm -hmm. We should be friends with those people. We should be intimate with those people. Like, that's who I want to be with. You know, someone who, who will love me even when. Yep. Even when. But if, yeah, if I'm over with someone to say, how's everything going? I'm like, everything's great. I want to genuinely mean that, you know? Yeah. And most of the time it is, but. It's not always yeah. sunshine and roses for anybody, you know? No, 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 no. In fact, uh, this woman that was at my house yesterday for counseling, she's going through a difficult time, and she said, what do I say to people who ask me how I'm doing? She was like, because every time somebody asks me that, I say I'm fine mm-hmm. or good, and she was like, but I feel miserable. Like, things are not fine. And... I said, well, I don't think you have to walk around telling everybody what your problem is, but I do think, you know, your tribe, your two, three, five people, tell them. Tell them you're struggling. Tell them what they can be praying for. Tell them what they can help you. Like, I just think to bring it out 
it creates freedom for your soul, like to tell your truth. I completely agree. Yeah, it's healing. Mm-hmm. Just like you Very. with your mom. That's why people, I know a lot of think that uh, confession is a really weird part of Catholicism, but in my upbringing, it was always a very, very positive cleansing experience. Wow, that's good. It's very, very uplifting and like an unbelievable feeling. Um, And now it's probably been 10 years since I actually did it, but I always remember that being a very positive experience. I'm glad you say that. And it is a weird concept. It is a weird concept. It really is. Um, And a lot of the reason, you know, there are things that the Catholics look at as being wrong or mortal sin or whatever that I don't feel is that is wrong, you know, and I can't, I don't take communion when I go to church with my family because I don't follow all the rules, you know? Mm-hmm. And if I did, I would have to go to confession, confess this, but I don't confess something that I'm not sorry for, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So I just feel like that's being a phony. So that's yeah. why for years, um, people always ask me, why don't you take communion? Your family does. And I say, because I feel like that would be disrespectful to the religion. I like that. So I always get the blessing and cross my arms over my chest. Yeah. If I went if I went to a Mormon church with my family, I wouldn't either. It's good because I'm, I'm not... My life does not You're reflect. Too far removed now. Yes, yeah. My my life does not reflect those teachings. Mm-hmm, exactly. And so I'm I'm being tr- I'm being respectful of them, but I'm also being true to myself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you would be going, you know, out of respect for family or parents, whatever, which mm-hmm. is what I do. Mm-hmm. But um, it would be disrespectful to the institution itself if and you partook in all to of you. That. Yes. Exactly. To participate. Man, this is a heavy day today. It's all right. It's all like heavy <laughs> religious stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, because we recorded earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yes, next week we're having uh, a great, great pastor on, Matt Tuggle, Reverend Matt Tuggle from Highland Park Methodist. We met with him this morning. Very interesting guy. Yeah, he was awesome. Okay, uh, I said this at Christmas, and a lot of people didn't like it then, and I'm going to say it now, and I'm probably going to get people who don't like it now, but I think that Lent is a really good time to forgive someone. Um, I told I told you Why didn't people like that at Christmas? Uh, I thought that was a good message. Well, I I think that it was one of the many things that we talked about, but right. I had uh, I, I had happy hour with some friends, and you know, a lot of people just feel very justified in holding on to things, and a lot of people don't think that they have to forgive somebody who isn't sorry. And... Uh, yeah, that's a tough thing to to grasp. Yes. I agree. And I, I hear that, um, but I also think that forgiveness is not about the other person. For me, it's about me. It's about me letting, letting, go. letting go. And so that's why I just think I just think forgiveness is... And I think that's a very mature approach to it. But I think a lot of people, I'm in the, the immature boat where it is really hard to forgive somebody who's never apologized or who isn't sorry, you know? I understand It's hard to that. let go of that. I understand it. Because that'll me, sting for years. Can I tell you something? Sure. Um, a couple of weeks ago, my son, uh, Carter, he's a great baseball player. And one of the boys on his team, he's a pitcher. One of the boys on his team is a year older. And Carter was moved up ahead of him in the pitching line. So now Carter's number two. This kid, who's older than him and had been higher than him, mm-hmm. didn't like it. Understandable. In the locker room, he he brushes by Carter and calls him an effing N-word. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you were going to say there was some posturing. Or I didn't. I wasn't expecting that. No. That's uh. Yeah. That's beyond over. Yeah. Over the line. Yep. So. Carter came home, he was real upset, 
And, and I said, what did you say? What did you do? And he said, well, I wanted, I wanted to beat the hell out of him. Yeah, of course. And I said, what did you do? And he said, I looked at him and I said, I feel sorry for you. And I was like, ooh, that's really good. Well, I end up. I guarantee that took all the steam out of, out of that guy. Well, I end up calling the coach. Yeah. Having a conversation with him and told him that that needed to be dealt with. And so the next day, the coach met with the boy who said it. Then he met with Carter. Then he met with the both of them together. And then he met with the team. And when he met with the two of them together, at the, by now the boy is very sorry, crying, crying, mm-hmm. and so sad and so sorry. And he looked at Carter and he was like, dude, I am so sorry. You know, it was so uncalled for. I was jealous. I was. That's beyond poor sportsmanship, yeah. though. I mean, that really and is it's your next team. level. Yeah. It's your teammate. Yeah. And, uh, so Carter looked at him, and I thought this was awesome. Carter said, called him by his name, and he said, I want you to know, I forgive you. It's going to take me a long time to forget. Yeah. But I do forgive you. He'll never forget that. He'll never forget that. No, but it doesn't mean you can't let it go, but... But he forgave He'll him. never forget that moment, Yeah. And so I think that that's just a beautiful example of what forgiveness is and what forgiveness doesn't have to be. Like, and I think that's good that he did that because I guarantee you that other kid will never forget that either and probably regret that the rest of his life. He will. He'll look back on that as being such a horrible mistake, you know? Yes. So, um, yeah, and I think it's... He was forgiven. I think Carter's response was very appropriate. Very Forgive appropriate. Forgive him, but yeah. But I'm going to remember this. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that that's appropriate for a lot of us, you know? Like... That hurt like hell. Mm-hmm. I forgive you, but I'm never going to be able to forget this. But do you think Carter could have forgave him if he wasn't sorry or never even apologized? I think that Carter would have because Carter's not the type to just carry it around. Yeah. Carter wouldn't carry it around. He. I would. He just That's wouldn't. That's deep. He, yeah. He's, he's, he's amazing that way, but, you know, there's a lot of things that have happened in my life and things that people have done and I told I forgive anyone who's ever hurt me but there's a lot of relationships that are never going to be the same yeah that I'm never going to go back to Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like I totally forgive you everything's changed because of it and I'm I'm not sorry that things that everything changed because of whatever happened like I don't have to be sorry for that right I think when somebody hurts you, things change. Definitely. And I think it's okay, even if you forgive them. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's easy to forgive forgive someone when they're sorry. I'm, I'm really good at that. Um, it's just hard for you to forgive somebody if they're not. It's, yes. Very, very much. Mm. Mm. That anger is hard to let go of. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just anger. It's disappointment and yeah. sadness and all kinds hurt. of shit, you know? Hurt. Yeah. 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 Um, so I think Lent is an is an amazing time t- of reflection. Uh, I think it's a I think it's a an amazing time to spend more time with God. However, that happens for you in whatever way that works for you. Um, you know, whether it's more time quiet with 
between you and God in the mornings or on a long walk or appreciating nature. Um, you know, I think there's manifestation of God in all, a lot of different ways. And so however God speaks to you, I just think the creating more opportunities for that during this season is, is, is a good thing. You know, we, we forget, I forget, I forget. And that's why Jesus created communion so that we would remember. Yeah. It's <laughs> a whole point. Remember me when you do these things, remember me. It's more literal in Catholicism, but yeah, but Jesus, we believe that, that bread has literally been transformed into yeah, his flesh body and blood, and the blood right in front of us. Yes, which is odd. But yeah, well, I can say that because I grew up. Yeah, and, and you know what? I don't even know what I believe about that. I don't think I really don't even think it matters. I, think I don't either. The, I think the important thing is Jesus on the night before he died. You know, I'm thinking about the things that I would say it probably okay if i know i'm dying tomorrow i'm gonna say the most important things tonight you know today and tonight and before i die like every single thing that comes out of my mouth is probably going to be really really important because mm -hmm. these are my last words yeah. right so some of jesus last words were the last supper where he introduces this concept of communion where you remember him you remember him and you know, Jesus did that because he didn't want us to forget. Uh, and why? Because it's so easy for us to forget. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so easy for us to forget what Jesus did for us. It's hard to even imagine because we're so far away. I mean, not only in time and space, but like... That just means his plan worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all remember it. So true. It's so true. So I, I just think that Lent is a really unique time to remember, remember him. Um, I think that Lent is a really, a really cool time to show up for people, um, to show up for people that you love. You know, one of the things when I wrote this down, I thought, man, my friends show up. Like, my friends totally show up. Good, bad. Like, if I'm speaking somewhere and they can come, they're coming. If I'm uh, sad or upset and I need a friend, here they come. Like, my friends show up. And, oh, you know, it's it's not easy to show up because sometimes when your friends need you, it's, it's late or mm -hmm. it's early or you're tired or it's inconvenient. And, um, uh, I just think that I think showing up for people, whether it's a funeral or a party or a, um, shower or a lunch, whatever, yeah. you know, show up. I think that showing up for people you love means a lot. I agree. I think it's very touching. Yeah. For sure. Um, I think that Lent is an amazing time to work on you. Like just reflect on some of the things that you might need to work on personally. And like for me, like when I was doing this, um, I, I thought about like the things that I have had to change or the things that I have 
had to work on, like the things that came come natural for me. Like years ago, I mean, I still can be feisty and have a temper, but it's way, 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 way better than it used to be. Dialed back. Oh, yeah, yeah way dialed back. I used to react a lot more mm-hmm. than I do. Um, but when I first started uh, talking to Janice about this, uh, you know, I would, I would like, I would tell her something about it. And then I would, I said to her, but you know what? I'm Spanish. You know, it's just, it's just in my blood. And she's, she like bursted out laughing and she's like, yeah, you can't use that as an excuse. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have Spanish blood. Like yeah. you just have blood. And you, that's a learned behavior. It's like someone saying, well, I like whiskey because I'm Irish. It's in my blood, you know? Yes, yes, yes. That's a perfect example. And those are just excuses. You know, those are, that was just an excuse for my bad behavior. I don't know though. I've dated some Latina chicks and they are the most explosive and reactor. I mean, I'm telling you, there's something. (laughs) Well, it's because that's, we've learned it from our families. You know, Latin families are typically, pretty emotional and dramatic right. and but there's no biology but there's no, no yeah, yeah I see. <laughs> no it's a learned behavior yeah. from our ancestors that shit's been passed down from generation <laughs> that's how that generation. happens okay <laughs> but it's a real thing yes or italian or you know i yeah. mean though that's that's a generational issue you know but that didn't come from our blood or our god right behavioral not genetic yes yes so that's just an example of like something that i've had to work on you know like not reacting and even my kids would tell you like how much i have changed better oh i'm way more like if something or someone upsets me where i used to react uh, I tend to just now get a little quiet and it's not because I'm pouting or ignoring you. It's like, I seriously go into myself and tr- get control. Yeah. 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 Kind of like a cool down period. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, how do I want to respond to this? And what part of this is them and what part of this is me? <laughs> yep. Like what, <laughs> What part of this trigger or reaction is my insecurities or my fears versus them? So, you know, that's just one thing. I have a million things I need to work on, but that's something that I'm always working on is responding versus reacting. And I don't know. I just think that Lent is a great time to just, you know, we, we all have things about ourselves that we don't like. We all do. We all have character flaws or something about our personality that we think is not ideal, but you know what we do? We just chalk it up to, well, that's the way I am. Or mm-hmm. Can't help it. Can't help it. I was born like, and you can help it, mm-hmm. and, and you weren't born like that, and you should, you should change, you know, whether it's you're defensive or prideful or... You know, you can't hear criticism or you're jealous or like you, you control that outcome. You know, you really do. You control that outcome. And so I just think that, uh, I think therapy is a really good thing. I mean, I can't 
tell, tell you lately I've been counseling um, several women who are like, I'm just sick of myself. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm sick of myself. I don't want to be like this anymore. And I do think that to a point you got to get sick of yourself, but I yeah. also think you should stop putting off things that, that you need to change that can make your life better and make the lives of those around you better. Like if I can change and that makes me a better mom, why wouldn't I do that? Right. Or I could change and that would make me be a better partner or a better, you know, you a better husband. Like why, why wouldn't we do that? Because we're stubborn. Yeah. Yeah, most people. Yeah. But change, change takes a lot Even of Even when the answer is right in front of you, yeah. People don't want help. They just want to, they want, you know, want to complain and blame it on things like, well, I can't help it. It's just who I am. It's yeah. in my blood. And you can't. I understand that. Yeah. It's a poor excuse. Poor yeah, man's excuse. Is. And we've all done it. Um, I think that uh, Lent is a really awesome time to tell people what they mean to you. Um, I don't think we do this enough. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I just don't think that we do this enough. You I know, guarantee you. Yeah. I mean, I think about all the people in my life that like are such good friends or they make me laugh or I think they're so beautiful or I respect them immensely. And how often am I communicating those things? And you know what? Yeah, my brain's filling up quick on that one. Yeah. And let, yet think about like if somebody tells you those things about you, it means the world oh, yeah. to you. It, means it is the such world a good feeling. You. Oh, it's such a good feeling. Yeah, it's great. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say that I think Lent is a good opportunity to tell people what they mean to you. Um, I think that Lent is a really unique and wonderful time to appreciate God's creation. Do you appreciate nature? Do you appreciate not enough creation? as I should? No. I tend to just kind of forget about it, you know, because it all becomes a background. I'm very not in tune with nature. Oh, I am almost too in tune with nature. I wish I, w- I, wish I had that. <laughs> I see everything. I see everything. And I see all of it as... And that's enlightenment. I mean... Evidence of God's love. Yeah. I really do. I really see so much of God's cre- creation as evidence of his love for us. I mean, he didn't have to paint the sky. You know, he didn't have to give us those cute little birds that chirp. Mm-hmm. And and yet, do you hear that one right now? Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> Where'd that even come from? I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Interesting. I just hope that came through the mic. <laughs> like, well, I heard it on my headphones. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. There you go. Um, this is the last one. I think Lent is a great opportunity to be kind. Like, isn't it funny that some people just have a hard time being nice? Yeah, I don't really understand that. I don't understand that at all. I think people like you and I are too nice. No. Not that you can be too nice. I don't know. I'm like, no, <laughs> we're not too I can nice. Be too affable. I don't know. No, you're. I. But you know what? I. You know what I love and appreciate that about you, Kevin, is I always know what I'm going to get. Yeah, I like feel the same way. The people who aren't like that and they're unpredictable or or you don't know, like sometimes they're going to be in a good mood, sometimes mm-hmm. they're not. I don't, those people are not enjoyable for me. I could not agree more. Yeah. Oh my God, I hate that. 
Yeah, it does. It's not a good feeling mm-hmm. when you don't know what you're going to get. And people, yeah, those people do need to work work on that because it's work on it. Yeah, just smile, fair to give others a compliment. Just, oh my god, this one guy I worked with in radio just popped him. Yeah, it's, it was exactly that way. Some days be totally cool, and then some days just wouldn't say a word to you. I'm like, really? What is that? I don't know, but people who have that need to work on that. Yes, because it's just a much. Yeah, I've had I've had a boss like that, and. That's really tough. That's yeah, a really bosses are like that. It's, it's a really, and I've never been like that as a boss. If I've been a boss, I'm consistent. Same here. Yes. You need to be consistent in your behavior and your treatment towards other people. And Lent is a good time to practice that. In fact, if you are a boss, I'm going to challenge you to just be kind to your people. Just be kind to your people. Give compliments. I love that challenge. Yeah. Know their names. Mm-hmm. Give them a compliment. Tell them they're doing a good job. Give them some acknowledgement of yes. their work, you know? God, it feels so good when somebody tells you you did a good job. Yes, but it, and it's the worst feeling when you're really bending over backwards and getting no acknowledgement you or get recognition. Nothing you get nothing return. back, yeah. It's hard. It is. So um, I want to wish everybody a very happy Lent season. And challenge you, like, don't just let this go by. Um, don't just let this go by and not be, not mean something. Like, I don't know, making this list made me more thoughtful about what I want to do over these next Definitely made days. me think. And you know what I think? I think it's an opportunity to create new habits. Like, create new habits. Like, maybe this is the start of, like... Maybe you can be kind even after Easter. Good habits. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't take up smoking yes. or something. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So have a great week and we'll see you next Monday.